Welcome to the Scott Simon Podcast. In this episode, we will be doing a movie review and film for thought on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, as a disclaimer, I ask that you do not listen to this episode until you have seen the movie. If you do not care to see the movie, then feel free to listen to this episode. So stay tuned and listen right here on the Scott Stemmen Podcast. Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Hello and welcome to the Scott Seven Podcast. My name is Scott and today I want to talk about the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now this is being recorded on the 6th, which is I guess the official day it goes out. But I got to see a early showing uh, yesterday, Thursday, July the 5th. And the only thing I can tell you about this movie is it is great. Um... Now, before I start talking about the movie and giving a review, um, there's a couple things that I want to kind of throw out there real quick before I make my review. Um, If you were not a fan of the first Ant-Man movie, uh, then you are probably not going to like this one. Um, Again, when you think about the Marvel films, they're usually great storytelling, a lot of action. Um, But for those of you who've seen the first Ant-Man, they had some action sequence. uh, But mainly, it was a comedic movie. And you can say the same thing for Ant-Man and Wasp. Yes, is there a good story? Yes, there is some action. But mainly, the driving force of this movie is comedy. So, if you are expecting to see an epic battle, if you want to see something that's similar to Black Panther or Infinity War, this is not the movie for you. Um, This is a strictly comedy with some action and adventure themes to the movie. So, let's kind of get to the point. And again... Like I've made at the beginning of this podcast, there are spoilers, so I want to talk a little bit about the movie, Um, because this is going to kind of go right into the film for thought uh, a little bit later in this episode. So, kind of the beginning part of the movie, kind of, it doesn't leave off after the first Ant-Man, it kind of leaves off after Civil War. So if you're so if you're people who are like, well, where is this in the timeline? It happens before Infinity War. Um, so you see Scott Lang. He's back home, but he's under house arrest because of his participation in the battle in Germany um, against the Avengers, uh, teaming up with Captain America. But before we even get to Scott's story... Right at the beginning of the film, right before you see the opening Marvel credit things, it does a flashback um, focused on the story between uh, Hank Pam and his wife. Um, and if you've seen the first Ant-Man, you kind of know that um, one of the things that they talk about, a big thing... A big plot point in the first Ant-Man was this uh, quantum realm that Hank Pam's wife got... Um, sucked into because she made herself really small to um um I'm sorry trying to trying to get my train of thought here um you know the quantum realm because that's where um 
she sank down small enough to go inside a nuclear missile to this to destroy it but she got sucked into the quantum realm and her name is janet van dyne i couldn't think of it but janet van dyne um was lost in the quantum realm well then if you remember the first ant-man movie there's that part where scott lang ends up going into the quantum realm uh to destroy the suit off um off the wall or not, oh, off a yellow jacket sorry and um after that he was able to get out of the quantum realm he was able to shoot back out so with all that in the first movie at the beginning part of this second movie there's that point where because scott was able to get out of the quantum realm um hank pine and hope van dyne are trying to see if it's possible for them to go and retrieve their mother so that's kind of the main plot point, the thing that's driving the whole entire film. And obviously, there's always going to be some issues with that. There's a couple of um, conflicts, not only from this new character, the ghost, but there's also a lot of elements that's kind of trying to uh, thwart um Scott, Hope, and Hank to be able to try to get Janet back. And so I think in that respect, the writer, the screenwriter, and the director did a good job of kind of going back to that cat and mouse chase uh, mentality where, you know, they start making progress, but then something else happens, and this happens, and that happens, and so, so it kind of leaves you on your seat like, oh, what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to do this? Is, oh, what's going to, how are they going to figure this out now? Oh, there's some, there's this issue. So how's Ant-Man going to try to figure this out? How's the Wasp going to figure this out? How is Hank going to figure this out? Even how is Luis and um, Dave and Kurt, how are they going to figure this out? So there just seems to be a lot of uh, great stuff here. Um, kind of... The one thing I was very disappointed in was the big driving force of the first movie. You really got to understand the characters of Maggie and Paxton, who are um, who's basically Scott's ex-wife and her new husband, and even Cassie, his daughter. And that was kind of a a good plot point. Um, you don't really see much of them, and yet they're still there, and they still kind of help drive the story along. Uh, but I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get to see more of them. I didn't get to see a lot of their personalities. And when they were on the screen, they shined very well. But I would like to kind of see more of them. But there just seemed to be a lot of, of stuff going on. Um, and then, of course, if for those of you who are like, oh, well, what about the post credit scenes? <laughs> well, again, I'm not going to tell you about the post credit scene. Um but I know some people are hoping that, ooh, the post credit scene, is that going to help, um, you know, is that going to help uh, give some insight into how everyone's going to solve everything that happened in Infinity War? Uh, not exactly. It's not. It does give some, it does make a nod to the events of Infinity War. Uh, both scenes do. Um, yeah, there are two post-credit scenes. One's right after kind of the closing title scene, and then one's at the very end of the credits. Um, 
It does, but it doesn't really kind of give any clues onto how they're going to fix everything from Infinity War. Um, so, again, spoiler, I do apologize, but I'm not giving too much stuff away. Uh, so overall, you know, out of five stars, what do I give this film? Um, I give it, I think I give it four out of five. Um, you know, the action was great, the story was great, um, even... Even Ghost, who's kind of like the main antagonist in this um, story, you're very sympathetic of her once you understand more of her past and her backstory. Um, so you kind of, and that's the thing about kind of comedies, because you don't really absolutely hate an individual. And there's some you do, and there's another antagonist uh, by the name of, oh, I can't think of his name, but he's played by the great Walton Goggins, uh, Sonny Birch. Uh, Sonny Birch is another antagonist, so he kind of has a big role in that too. So uh, there's a lot of great moments in it. Um, I know some people are kind of worried about, because I know some people are kind of dubbing it as a romantic comedy between Ant-Man and Wasp. You get some moments of that, but it's not like a stereotypical rom romantic comedy. Um, it's mainly a comedy with some action. You do have a little bit of relationship dynamics between Ant-Man and Wasp, but for the most part, they really kind of stick to the formula that made the first Ant-Man so great and just kind of added more layers to it, which makes it a more interesting, compelling story. Um so now, with all that being said, again, four out of five stars, with that being said, I want to kind of focus on um, the film for thought. And the film for thought is this. Um, the film for thought is, it makes me think of the lost trilogy that Jesus um, preaches on. Again, kind of telling you at the beginning, kind of the main plot point is for Hank and Hope and even Scott trying to see if they can recover uh, Janet Van Dyne from the quantum realm. And that's kind of the main dr drop point. And when I talk about the Lost Trilogy, I'm talking about uh, Jesus, Jesus talking about the Lost Sheep, the Lost Coin, and then the Lost Son or what some people call it the Prodigal Son. And out of the lost thing, I think the one thing that really was resonating with me in this story was the parable of the lost coin, which if you go to the book of Luke, and let me see if I can actually find exactly, I know it's, I know it's in Luke, I believe it's in Luke 13, but let me, I don't want to just say it's in here, and then you go look at Luke 13, and it's not in there. Um, let's see. And... Yeah, it's not in Luke 13. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so let's go. All right, it's, sorry, Luke 15. Um, Luke, yeah, Luke 15. So let me go ahead and pull it out. Yeah, it's Luke 15, 8 through 10, which says, Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Um, 
so the one thing I kind of focus on, it's kind of cool because when you think about the quantum realm and what that is, it's basically going down to molecular size. And it was interesting because there was a scene where the the thing that they built to be able to go into this quantum realm uh, safely and be able to get out safely, um, they got down to the a very small microscope where you can kind of see like these little microorganisms or these little microscopic like insects or bugs. And, you know, you think about finding something small like a coin and, you know, most of us have had that time where we've flipped over the couch, we're cleaning house, we're trying to clean the couch and we take off the cushions and we notice, oh, hey, there's a penny or a quarter or, oh, hey, there's a dollar down here. And the thing is, is we kind of find that because we're going to clean. If we decided we weren't going to clean, we probably wouldn't have found the lost treasure that was in our couch cushions. But what you see in this woman in this parable is you just see this dedication to be find this coin, something so small. And throughout the movie, that's what you kind of see. You kind of see this dedication uh, between Hank and Hope to find his wife and their mother and how Scott is kind of the key because he's been in the quantum realm. So he's kind of the key to kind of help guide them to try to find this lost treasure, which would be uh, Janet. And the amount of dedication and work, and even when things went bad and they almost seemed like they had to kind of start from scratch again or had to, that things weren't easy because there's always going to be issues and problems for them to be able to find Janet. They were diligent and always thinking and determined to be able to do what they can, even trying to switch things up a little bit so that they can go and find Janet. And I think that's a good message for us when we talk about um, evangelism and why it's so important for us to be able to um, love people where they are and to be able to bring people uh, to Jesus. And it's it's so much more than just handing a piece of paper or inviting someone to church, which those things are great things. Don't get me wrong. But there's the effort and the dedication and the relationship building that you need to do to be able to get to that point. And I remember I was reading a book called um, God Space by uh, Doug Pollock, and he tells a story about a guy who he kind of met because he was a um, construction worker who was working on an addition they were doing on his house. And this addition was going to take about you know, three months, but in the duration of that three months, he was very intentional of getting to know the person, talking to them. And then when anytime when these religious questions start coming up, you know, that was an opportunity for him to capitalize and everything and talked and everything else. It actually got to the point where this guy who believed that he would never set foot in a church because and I've heard this thing before, and I think it's weird, but I understand where it comes from, where there's people who go, oh, well, if I've set foot in a church, then the building will collapse on me, you know, because in the in kind of the the message behind that is, oh, well, I'm such a horrible person. I'm such a sinner that God will not forgive me. So if I walk into the holy of holies or into a holy place, everything's just going to collapse all around me. And that's not true. You know, God loves everybody. And... um so I think from us as Christ followers, it's important for us to be able to move in a direction that's going to push people 
not push people, but it's going to bring people uh, to Jesus. And the way they're going to see it is by how us, being the image of Christ, uh, displaying the characteristics of Jesus through our walk, through our faith, uh, through our interactions with others, and through our intentionalness of being friends with them. And I think that's the point. Um, you know, tracks are fine, inviting people to church are fine, but just like the woman who's finding the lost coin, she is intentionally making an effort to find that lost coin. And I think for us, if we really want to see our friends and family members and even people in our lives, we need to intentionally move to a place that we can intentionally go out, build the relationships, and Bring people to Christ. So that is uh, at least one of the many themes I've got from the movie. Um, and that's basically all I have for today. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I don't know if you could hear it, but my son was calling for me, which means it's getting time for lunch. Uh, but again, if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, go see it. It'll be great. And again, thanks to Movie Pass. They're getting free advertisement from me because I probably wouldn't be able to see all these movies and do all these film for thoughts or movie reviews without MoviePass. Again, you can sign up at MoviePass.com um, and it's only nine ninety five a month. And again, it's a great deal. I know they keep making some changes and I know for some people it's getting frustrating and that's another discussion for another day, uh, but it's still a good deal. It's probably one of the best deals out there. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. When we're singing a song, traveling along is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy.